Hey guys, welcome back to Twisted Time Season 3, Episode 8. We just want to give a quick thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into the show every week and making this so much fun for Ryan and I to do. We have been doing a live stream with each episode because we have now partnered with the live streaming app 17Live, which you can find on the App Store or if you head to our Instagram page, there is a link in the bio that you can click and download the app. That way you can be a part of our conversations every week. Now let's start the show. Hey guys, welcome back. Well, that was really excited. Hey guys, welcome back to Twisted Times. I'm your host, Cece King, and I'm with my co-host. I am Ryan Jillian. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. And we're about to do our countdown before our episode with Gigi. Uh, Robinson. Oh, yeah. I thought we were going to a song. Oh, we're going to go to a song. La-dee-da. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're going to count this down. Sure am. All right. Your time starts now. Oh, hey. Hey, guys. So I don't know about you, but you probably will hear a lot about this during the episode, but this week was quite the week. It was nonstop. What was your week like, Cece? Um, my week was nonstop. I literally just taped an audition right before jumping on this live stream. And I feel like a little all over the place. Um, but you know, it was good. I also am really grateful that we have Gigi on the show. Obviously, everybody who's listened to the show before knows this, but we record this after we've done the episode. And it was nice to kind of listen to her talk. I mean, I think she talked quite a bit, but in a way that was information I really wanted to hear and I was excited to have her on. So that was really great. And yeah, so I don't know. I'm just my week so far. But. It was a, it, this week felt like a year. Um, I'm exhausted. My eye has been jumping since last week. I'm just going to be very transparent with the audience. Um, and yeah, I'm just really fucking exhausted. So this conversation yeah. with Gigi was so damn necessary. Agreed. Agreed. Also, guys, I downloaded this app. It's called Pattern. And I have CoStar and now I have Pattern, which is like sort of similar. This is not an ad, but this is sort of similar to CoStar with astrology. And now I have this addiction where I wake up every morning and this app is like ridiculously accurate and telling me about just why I am the way that I am and why I'm feeling the way that I am today and tomorrow and the next day, basically. So it's even deeper than like a birth chart? It's super deep. Just oh like, shit. You can actually go deeper, like in each thing and press go deeper and pay for more information, but I don't pay for the app. So you have to pay to go deeper. This can turn very pornish. Let's not. <laughs> deeper into your mental health. Deeper into the brain. Yes. Into the mental health. Yeah. One of the things. One minute. Gigi talked about that obviously we'll get into is that um she does box breathing and I just wanted I never I didn't get to say this but I just felt like some of the stuff she was talking about speaks directly to me because I like to do box breathing with my cold plunges which I can start doing again soon because it's getting hot it's getting warmer out unless you want to just take one and just do it in the freezing fucking Toronto cold unless you want to do it in the cold ha <laughs> <laughs> What is going on? <laughs> Thirty seconds. <laughs> Wait. Oh my god. Anyway, um, yeah, but I don't know. My week's been pretty good, though. All in all, I'm really just excited for spring. When the birds start chirping, I start getting excited, and I think um, it's hopefully going to be 
a good a good spring. I they're talking about a sixth wave. I freaking hope not. I hope not. With the warm weather, hopefully, like COVID will and its cousins will chill chill the fuck out. That's all I'm hoping. Time. Chill out, COVID cousins. Um, Gigi Robinson is a Gen Z thought leader and a mental health advocate. She has graduated from USC with a bachelor's in fine arts. She's taking over Instagram. She's taking over TikTok. And I think she's now jumping into the world of YouTube. Um, she just signed and, and did something really cool with Sports Illustrated, which she's going to talk to us about hopefully tonight. Um, yeah, you can find Gigi on Instagram at it's Gigi Robinson. G-I-G-I Robinson. Well, it is a rainy Tuesday in New Jersey, and I feel like this week, I don't know if this is like a universal thing, but I have to say this week has kind of been a little bit of hell. I don't know. This week has been a little weird. It's been a lot of weird energy around. I don't know. Perhaps it's just me and like what I'm experiencing in my own life, but I just feel like from... My own life and also just seeing things are happening on the news and just like what's in my feed. I feel like there's so much crazy shit in my feed these days. So I think it's good that we're having this conversation with Gigi, who's just, you know, a breath of fresh air. Oh, stop. That's so sweet. I appreciate it. But I agree. It has been uh, raining and gloomy all day. And I spent the past 10 days in L.A., which was sunshine and palm trees and perfect 65 degree weather. Um, and yeah, I don't know to, you know, it's really interesting. Like, yes, I'm only 23, but I feel like once I graduated college, the weather and like how we feel about weather is really something we talk about a lot. And I think it informs a lot around mood and mental health and productivity and it's just an observation that I've been having. Like everyone's like, oh, like what kind of day are you having? And usually the weather is something that informs it. So mm -hmm. yeah, definitely interesting. I had a bit of a crazy week as well, coming out of grad school, having lunch with, you know, professors, students, speaking to students on campus, and then flying home and going straight to see Dear Evan Hansen, which if you haven't seen it, like you need to go get tickets if you can afford them or enter <laughs> a lottery and see them. I've been waiting for years. And before we get into it, I feel like it, I had like a full circle moment that I want to share with you guys because it was just, it was just like so surreal to me. So Dear Evan Hansen, I think was like came out in 2015 or 2016. Like it was like a while ago at this point. Mm -hmm. And, um, Hold on. Would you guys mind if I just go get my dog? She's scratching and I don't want to like oh, it to be annoying. Okay. Please, okay, I'll go get Zoe. okay. I'll be right back. Zoe. Stop it. Wait, hey. you're Evan Hansen. Who's, who's, I thought that was that a movie. All right. Uh, they did turn it into a movie, but say, it was a, it was a play hi, first. And then I'm going to put her on the bed. <gasps> Zoe. Zoe. Aren't you cute? She's going to be 15 this year. So she's a really trooper. what Zoe wants. Zoe gets. <laughs> oh yeah. She like runs a house. She totally runs a house. Oh and oftentimes that just means uh, putting her on the bed when she wants to be put on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, so the story is, you know, dear Evan, Han Ugh, I'm sorry, I didn't close my door. My mom's really fucking loud. I'm really I'm really so sorry. Hold on. <laughs> this is life, people. Welcome to Twisted Times, everyone. Life? This is life. And this is what I love. OK, yes. Hopefully no more disturbances. I really 
apologize. Um, Please don't. Perks of living at home with your parents in your early 20s, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. Flashback. Dear Evan Hansen comes out 2015, 2016. I just graduated high school. It was like one of my anthem soundtracks my first year at USC. I'm like living it, loving it. I watched the bootleg because someone like illegally streamed, you know, the original cast. Um, and I thought to myself, like, damn, like, there's no way I'll ever be able to see this show because it's so expensive and I'll never be able to afford it because it's like one of Broadway's like really expensive shows right now because it's so hot and it has been. So I was like, okay, you know, like, I guess when I'll be successful, I'll be able to go see it. Or when I've made enough money, I'll be able to take my mom to this show because my mom and I like to go to Broadway shows together. And I guess like this opportunity just presented itself because a couple months ago, actually a year ago, I connected with this uh, other person doing similar work, but more in the political sphere on changing perspectives through Gen Z perspectives um, and points of view. Mm -hmm. And we connected. I had the partnerships manager on my podcast. Time goes on. We're, you know, friendly. And I get this random text from her being like, Gigi, I have an opportunity for you. Get ready. And I'm like, what? Like, what is this? And I open my email and it's like, here's two tickets to go see Dear Evan Hansen. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, are you kidding me? So last night I'm like sitting, like, you know, listening to the musical and like the first, the second song is waving through a window, which is like the song that everybody knows from Dara Van Hansen for the most part, unless you're like a true fan anyway. And I like start tearing up because I'm like thinking about this. I'm like, none of this would have been possible if I didn't work and do every single step of everything to get to where I am today. So yeah, that's a little heartwarming moment that I had um, in going there. And it was so, you know, one of the best musicals I've ever seen. And I just am so grateful. So yeah. Anyway. Hi. That is such a beautiful story. That is, oh, you're I, so cute. Love, I love a good full circle moment. And I really am grateful that you just shared that with us because I, right? it's good to hear those because I feel like we should hear more of those, to be honest. Full I have a lot of them. So anytime you want to. <laughs> yeah. Through, just I like just, full circle moments with Gigi Robinson. I, I mean, thought this full yeah. circle moment was going to end with you saying, and then the second song came on, like looking through a window and they looked at me and said, come up on stage, Gigi. Oh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I that- like, and then she started performing with the cat. Oh no, 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 no. That's I next believe, year. I will leave my musical theater uh, performance and talents to high school Gigi when she, you know, performed on stage. No longer. That's no longer. That's been, that's ancient history at this point. So hey, you never know. You right? never know. Never you do know. never know. I might take up acting this year. Who knows? Ooh, <laughs> we'll see. that would be really good for you. You have that, like, you have that spirit about you. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> that's my yeah. with everything. Someone's like, Oh, why don't you try something? I'm like, sure. Why not? <laughs> right. Try something once. I mean, I was on your website and you have like this thing. It's like a demo reel. And I was like, oh, she's an actor too. Cause like in the acting world, your demo reels, like your, your, your pieces of yeah. your work. And I was like, oh no, I'm like, but this is very cool. This is a different take on a demo reel. <laughs> yeah. It's more of like public speaking and like for yes. people to like book me for on-air stuff or commercials, yes. um, more of that's coming out 
slowly but surely. And especially with some other stuff, which I I'm totally fine with whatever questions or whatever, which way this goes, but a lot of the sports illustrated stuff also a full circle moment for me. Um, so yeah, super cool. I don't want to disrupt the flow of this pod. So I'm just going to let you guys jump right into it. We're all about like organic though. So we, it's kind of beautiful that you opened it, that kind of opened up with that space because I think a lot of people need to hear about, I don't know, people need to hear about these full circle moments and that if you kind of set your mind to something in little ways, you make advancements towards finally arriving at that place and eventually you will arrive at that place. So I think that's really special and beautiful. So thank you for opening with that. So agree. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Um, so I guess the way we just, I mean, yeah, we're all about organic conversation, so we can like dive right back into this after we find out what you're drinking. And what are you drinking here? Oh yeah. So I am drinking a diet peach snapple with nice cube in it and some Evian bottled water. And yes, I know plastic water bottles suck, but I am a sucker for Evian. I don't know what about it like turns me on. Might be the electrolytes, might be, they say they're carbon neutral. I, I don't know. I just really like them. <laughs> yeah, love that. I, I also, um, I like Evian as well, but I didn't know there was electrolytes in them. So yeah, it's oh, I didn't know they're that natural in the wow. back. Okay. Ooh. This is not an ad, but I wish it was. <laughs> Maybe they'll be sponsoring you by the end of this episode. <laughs> Maybe. Ryan, what are you drinking? I'm actually drinking, um, I'm drinking some water too out of my Contigo. Uh, oh. cause you know, that's just where I'm at today. Yes. I love that. <laughs> we love to stay hydrated. I actually also have two other Poland spring water bottles. Cause I just like, I have a really bad habit of like opening and leaving. So then I like have like five or six oh, water no. bottles. Do you ever finish them Gigi? That's the important. I do. Of course I do. I, 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 or I combine them or sometimes I'll like, I know this is bad, but water my plants with them because sometimes like the minerals and stuff in tap water is bad for certain plants soil. I got very crafty and in the know uh. about the plant world during the pandemic And that was something I learned that was like, your plants need tap water. And I was like, this is an expensive hobby. They get regular water. That's it. (laughs) I can't afford that. I feel like everybody like took on some sort of interesting side, like interest during um, COVID. And I love that plants was yours. I killed all my plants during. Oh no. And now I've bought all new plants and I just got two new, um, what do you call them? Watering. What do you call them? Like watering Watering cans cans. and they're not cans. They're, they're plastic, but this that's, is that bad for the environment? I don't know. But, um, but I always watered them with water. And now that I have these watering like tools to water them with, I've been taking really good care of the plants. I feel like it was all about how I was watering them. And I heard the exact same thing that you heard. So I've been giving them reverse osmosis water (laughs) a little bit of both. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I read, uh, not I read, I saw a reel actually like last night, I forget who said it, but it was something about like, when you're taking care of a plant, you have to think about like the soil, the water, the light, um, you know, the heat, the humidity, um, 
I don't know how you're talking to the plant. And Mm -hmm. uh, those are all like environmental factors that help plants grow. So when you neglect one, it's kind of easy to pinpoint, oh, well, what am I doing wrong? And we kind of have to think of ourselves as plants and think of like, you know, the different environmental factors that are like disturbing us if we're having like trouble or if we're having a hard time. So I don't know. I just thought that was like on theme that I should bring that up. Can we talk about, can we dive a little bit deeper into that though? Wait, but first, Cece, what are you drinking? I need to know. Guys, I had a bit of a stressful day. And so I'm drinking Lambrusco, which is like my new favorite drink. Um, What is that? It's like a sparkling red cold wine that has lower Mm. alcohol content. So it's not Mm. as strong as like a glass of wine. (laughs) Makes me feel better. I see. Um, But it's good. It just takes the edge off. It's just cools me down, chills me out. And I mean, I'm kind of obsessed with it, to be honest. So wow. I love it. Brusco brand. That would make me happy. (laughs) Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, cheers. cheers. (laughs) Okay, Ryan, sorry, you go deep dive. What were you going to ask? Talk about, sorry. I'm sorry. So I was just curious because we were talking about like watering our plants and and watering ourselves and taking care of ourselves as if we're plants. Can we talk a little bit about self-regulation? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people I feel are at a point where they're trying to, to hold true to something within themselves throughout the day because the world is very, very stressful right now. Things come mm-hmm. at you every single second. Yeah. And like, what are some things that you have been doing or have done that you find bring you back to Gigi when you're not feeling not even like 80%, not even Mm. 60%. Yeah. Well, I would say to start off, like when you live with a chronic illness, you kind of start your day at 75 all the time. Like you wake up in pain or you wake up with a migraine or something that just makes your day not good. And a lot of the time I've been getting into more like taking a couple deep breaths to recenter myself or ground myself. And I know that that sounds like super superficial, but it's like actually proven that if we do about five box breaths that you can change like your neuro pathways in the way that your uh, neurons, uh, neurons, is that right? I don't know. I'm not a science girly, like send signals to your brain and the way that it makes you kind of recenter and like start fresh basically. So if I'm having trouble, I like either lie down or sit up and I just do like five in hold for five, then I do out for 10 and hold for 10. And I do that five to 10 times. And that's actually what I did before my shoot with SI. And I mean, this is just like a, I would say more extreme example, but I was not getting a lot of sleep during my trip because it was like nonstop shooting. And this is Sports Illustrated people. Yes, this is, yeah. this is lingo and, for Sports Illustrated. <laughs> oh yeah. No. I'll, I'll jump in with the lingo. No big deal. <laughs> exactly. <it's easy. laughs> no big deal. Um, no big deal. But like, <laughs> this is just a moment where like, I think I really needed those breaths, but like base. And again, it's a full circle moment, which if I'm allowed to, I'll tell the story. Like I, um, if you guys want me to. T- oh my God, please. Yes. Okay. Um, so like, no, you're not allowed. Just- <laughs> you're totally you never know. allowed. Tell your story. <laughs> so basically 
you know, we haven't gotten shoots. Our morning call times are like five in the morning. You know, we're staying up till 10, 11 o'clock. Like we're getting six, five to five to six hours of sleep. And it's just like, you're doing all of this, like very physical stuff. Like people think, oh, modeling, you're just standing there. Like, no, you're moving your body in all these crazy ways. You're trying things on and off. And to somebody who has chronic pain, like this is just like in general, anyone would be exhausted, but like living with chronic pain, I was taking like extra, I was taking two times the dose of medicine that I normally take, like approved by my doctor and everything beforehand. And, uh, you know, it was something where like, I really pushed myself and my medicine actually makes me really tired. So I combat that by over caffeinating myself. And Mm -hmm. I got to a point where I had this 5am morning shoot. And then by like 11, it was like, okay, eat your lunch. And then we're going to go straight to hair and makeup, whatever. So I like had a moment while I was eating where like, I could, my heart was racing. And I was like, this is so crazy to me because I was going to go shoot with you, who is like the best fucking photographer in the world or not maybe in the, I mean yes I, I think he's up there I mean he's like yeah. on many seasons of America's Next Top Model so many different things but when I got my diagnosis of EDS when I was like 10 I started looking at posing I started looking at masters and like he was one of them that I've literally been looking up to for over a decade so getting to actually be behind his camera and meet him and have time to talk to him was just like so fucking full circle. And before that I had to mentally prepare myself. I'm like, you're going to have a bad time if you let this caffeine take over in your body, which I think sometimes does happen. Caffeine, something I kind of do is like my form of escapism to like make me a little bit more manic. That might be weird, but anyway. Um, so (laughs) sorry guys. Uh, but yeah, that's what I do. And like my pain medicine like works to help stop that. So before I went to hair and makeup, me and my friend, Serafina, who is literally the best, I'm going to like find this photo to show you guys. We, I was like, I basically led us through like our own mini breathwork practice right before. And people like took photos of us because we were just like absolutely out of control. Like, it's so funny. We're just like (gasps) sitting on the floor in our robes. (laughs) (laughs) And like, it was just like five in five out hold and like, let your body feel it. And my heart rate went from like beating so, 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 so fast where like, I felt like I was just like all over the place to like really centering myself. So breath work's been something that's seriously changed my life. And I do that, um, usually with my audiences before I give a speech, because sometimes people will come into the room, maybe they're nervous. Maybe they had a bad exam. Like I want to like get all of those things out of their mind and have Mm -hmm. them focus on being with me in the moment. So that is kind of something that I do. Another thing I love is like, honestly, like splurging, going to get a facial, going to get a massage. That's not like an everyday thing, but it's definitely like a monthly thing. (laughs) I got to stop that. Um, and I also like love like a good, like just like washing my face or also like putting on makeup, like there's days that I don't brush my hair like at all. And there that sometimes goes on for days at a time. And that's usually where I don't have to go somewhere. And I think that's one of the downfalls for me of work from home and being an entrepreneur and having my own business and like 
doing everything remotely is like some days I can just wear pajamas and nobody will care what I look like. And I don't care what I look like. I go on Instagram with like no makeup, not done up. Like most of the time, none of my images are filtered. And I think it's just something that I've gotten really comfortable with, not in a good way, because like you need to brush your hair, you need to brush your teeth, you need to wash your face, like do those things and you will feel better because they're all things that like you're doing to make yourself like a better version of you to like enhance your longevity as a person. Like, I hate to put it that way, but like if you brush your teeth, you're not going to get cavities. If you don't get cavities, you're not going to have dental problems when you're older, you know, or like most likely if you wash your face every night, you know, you might not get as many wrinkles, not that wrinkles are bad, but like, that's something that people care about, right? If you don't brush your hair, you're going to have a lot of knots and you might like have like other things going on. So I try to force myself to do that. And last but not least, because I know I've been blabbing for quite a bit, is I like to throw some tunes on like any random playlist, really. I, I'm i very, I love all music, like, like, except like, honestly, like I'm not the biggest rap fan, but like at the club, like I can like get into it, but I don't really like the club. So that makes sense. Um, <laughs> but like any tunes, I'll just throw my viral hits made for you on Spotify, whatever. And I have mirrors all over my room, like one here, one on my desk, a floor length over there, and then a whole wall of mirrors over there. Mirrors are something that I love. And I either like talk to myself, I'm like, you're a bad bitch. I make sure at least in the process of like listening to my playlist that like I danced at least one. And if I could do that sitting down, that's great. If I could do that standing and I like literally like have like a dance party with myself in the mirror. And I know that sounds so weird, but I think it like is something that again, like changes, like you can do for like two to five minutes and it can change your state and like make you more. I'll do that. And then I'll show you guys. And this is going to be embarrassing, but here's a mound of stuff I have to put away. Uh, it gets worse. Like it keeps going and it's my entire bed. The queen size bed is filled with shit like that I just need to like put away. And I haven't been able to because I've been on over 10 flights in the past month and a half. Like that's really insane. And I literally have not had time to declutter my space. So that's another thing I would recommend doing, but I need help because it's a vicious cycle of like not feeling physically able to and wanting Mm -hmm. to, but also like you just like can't because it hurts. So yeah, that was a ramble. Um, Face masks, talk to yourself in the mirror, dance to yourself in the mirror, coffee and breath work. (laughs) Hell yeah. I'm down for all that. Many things that you just said that we could like do an hour episode on each of those topics. Right. I know. Yeah. But I think like one of the main things that you're touching on here is what you're a big advocate for, which is wellness. I mean, I really feel like taking care of yourself is important. And I'm like, so not about this. Like, I get it. Like, I think each person like live your life, do what you have to do to make you feel good about yourself. I mean, I'm definitely one of those people that I there's days where like, I don't brush my hair like for days and like, I wear it up and I same thing. And like, I won't, you know, I, I won't wear any makeup a lot of the time, but then like, like today, like I put on red lips cause I want to do like, I feel like it's yeah. really about the mood, but then there are certain things that like for health purposes, you should be taking care of yourself. But it's, I think also about balance and what works for you. And, you know, I mean, there's just, 
it's a lot going on there. But I also think that like you shouldn't ever feel bad about putting makeup on. You shouldn't have to feel bad about not wearing makeup. You shouldn't feel bad about going to get a facial if you need to get a facial. I mean, seriously, like the last four years, I used to have really bad skin and I started getting facials every six weeks, like like clockwork, just like a basic facial facial. And it sounds like it's almost health for me because it changed sort of everything, my confidence, all of it. So that maybe sounds like a really like privileged statement to make, but it's that I, um, I work hard to do so that I can in turn be happy and like a better person. And obviously there's months where I'm like, I cannot afford this. Yeah. It's like, you're like investing in taking that 45 minutes to an hour to like de-stress, which in turn helps you be more productive, which in turn makes your skin or like your mindset better. And I agree. Definitely like a privileged thing to be able to say, like a lot of my friends are like, I've never even gotten a facial. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And I'm like, I, yeah. Like, it's like, it's, it is something that like I work on, like for me, that's also like blowouts. Like I'm a dry bar slut. Like I'm obsessed. <laughs> it's really bad. I'm a um, dry bar slut. I was, yes, I'm not anymore yes. because oh. they don't have them here. So oh, yeah. To... Okay. I'm just, go it's, it's, it's unhealthy, but yeah. And then like, even like also getting my nails done, it's kind of like a therapeutic thing, but it's also like, I have to get them. I don't have to, but like when I shoot for brands, I don't want to have like gross nails. Like I think of things from like a creative production standpoint and uh that was my bad. Sorry. That was my bad. My life (laughs) popped up. Um, and I think of things, yeah, from a creative production standpoint where like everything does have to be somewhat perfect in some ways, but like before we jumped on, I actually saw a post from, um, Ogilvy UK, which if you're not sure, do you guys know what I'm talking who, what, who Ogilvy oh. is? They're like the top OG advertising digital marketing agency. Like they're iconic global brand. They've worked with so many different companies and everything. Like they're like legit, very mm-hmm. legit. And they just announced um, today that they're no longer going to work with influencers or celebrities that edit their photos and their campaigns. And I'm like, holy shit, this is a huge step forward wow. in the digital marketing industry, especially when like we're obsessed with retouching. We're obsessed with, you know, you know, taking out the roles in pictures. And that's something I really pride myself on is like, I was like, oh shit, should I put makeup on before this podcast? And I was like, fuck no, I don't feel like it. And like, yeah. I'm totally chill with it. You guys are chill with it. Like, I love that vibe. Like some of us have makeup. I don't know. Are both of you wearing makeup? Maybe not. I'm I not. took a anyway. full shower. I had to like do a full <laughs> baptism before this damn podcast after the day I had. So yeah, oh my God. I'm bare. I yeah. like can wear no makeup, wear makeup. I always feel like you have such this like, vibe about you that like and I feel this with so many people honestly like what's makeup anymore yeah it's just <laughs> what, what COVID us. changed makeup a little bit right it did. would you say like it kind of like changes importance in our lives I think so you know what I mean and I think like for a lot of people like for again for me like putting makeup on is sometimes self-care like it's like what makes me feel confident if my like I, I like to have like certain kind of makeup when I'm speaking on a panel or a certain kind of makeup when I'm just meeting up with friends. Like, and it's just like something that like makes me more comfortable with like how I look, but also if I wasn't wearing anything, I wouldn't feel any different. And I think that, yeah, the pandemic was something that 
inspired a lot of people to play with makeup, to become, Mm -hmm. you know, more confident wearing like a hot pink eyeliner if they wanted, or like a blush or a crazy lipstick color. Like, I think it's super cool. And overall, I think there's been a shift where it's like makeup isn't just about being beautiful. It's about being confident and like empowered. And I think that the pandemic did a lot of that across digital marketing is like, we don't necessarily want to sell you a product because we want it, you know, we want our product in your hands. It's like, we want you to have this product because we genuinely know that it's going to like change your life and make you feel better. For example, like super goop, which I take everywhere with me. It's like, that's why it's in a travel bag. Um, so it doesn't explode everywhere, but like wearing super goop sunscreen doesn't like break me out it's smells good. It looks good on, like, it's not that like white pasty sunscreen, Mm -hmm. the branding's super cute. And overall, like I like their messaging on social media where it's like, take care of your skin so you can like have a better life. I don't know. It sucks to be sunburned, (laughs) you know? So like, I, I think that that's the way a lot of, um, marketing has gone in the pandemic, which has been really interesting. And, yeah, I just, I just really hope that, you know, in the future, like more brands and more regulation will happen on social media. Um, I did, I will admit, I did commit to Sports Illustrated to not have any retouching on my photos. So that's going to be really exciting um, and Ooh. a huge moment. So, yeah. Wait, so, okay, we need to dive in here to a, for our listeners to kind of like update everyone or like let everybody know what's going <laughs> on with you because- I think, you know, this Sports Illustrated thing, I, I, we've, we've kind of talked about it here and there since we got on the show. So can you talk to us about how this all came to be, what the Sports Illustrated trip was that you just went on, what's happening with Sports Illustrated, yeah. all of it? Can you just... There's, there's a lot, I will say, and I definitely don't mean to make this entire interview about that, but it, it has been a very transformational thing for me. And again, full circle, especially because I think like, if you've watched my submission video or any of the content I made around it, it's really about representing people with invisible illnesses. And that can include anything relating to mental health, to body image, um, to chronic conditions, which is, you know, my primary messaging and, things that I've really battled with. And it's really cool because over the past two years and more, I've built this really strong community of people who really like see me as a voice for them. Like in the case that maybe they don't have the tools to speak out or they don't want to, or they're scared to, or like just to be that person that's like, oh, wow, somebody else is going through this, or you helped me have the courage to like ask my doctor or persist and switch my doctor and like get a diagnosis from someone else because something's actually wrong. And that like really means the most to me. So when um, the whole Sports Illustrated Swim Search thing came to be because the one of the girls who won last year Uh, was Katie Austin, who went to USC. And I think mutually, like we had so many, you know, mutual followers and communities because she's, I think, four or five years older than me. Uh, But I was like, okay, cool. If she can do it, so can I like that. I wasn't like, oh, wow, they chose one USC girl. They're not going to choose another USC girl. Like, why would they do that? Like you never would say that like, oh, they chose someone from New York before. They're not going to not choose someone (laughs) from New York again. Like you, that's just not a thing. So 
I was like, okay, whatever, let me just do it. And I was like out with a friend back in September. And like, I really can't tell you how it came over me, but I just like had this gut feeling. I was like, I'm going to do this. So my friend's like, oh, like, what are you doing in the next, you know, six, seven months? Like what's going on with you? Just cause like, yeah, I was like, I don't really know, but I'm going to be in a magazine. And they're like, what? And I was like, no, like I'm going to be in a magazine or on the cover. Like it's going to happen. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, Sports Illustrated it's happening for me. And that was back in September of 2021. So time goes on. Before you even knew you were like manifesting this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Can't yeah. Love this. And yeah, I know it's again, full circle, really fucking crazy that it happens. But so then, um, all of these things have happened. I spoke at the Grammy museum for an app launch for mental health. Uh, then I, you know, had some events out there, whatever I come back, I go to art Basel, which is Miami art week. Basically it was an absolute whirlwind went to a playboy party. I mean, I manifested a partnership with playboy also. Like I was just coincidentally there. I know fucking crazy. And I went and I made some, I I cannot handle you. (laughs) Wait, guys, I didn't know that Playboy still has parties. I know that. Oh my God, they do. Like, I, I just thought that. This still at the Playboy Mansion? Yes, right? Well, it has to be. Of, like, it was watching no. Tommy. No. Like, oh no, this is over. Where was it? So basically they go to different cities and they have them around oh. certain like things. So like for Miami Art Week, it was about like surrealist art. That was their theme. And like they had all of these original like Salvador Dali paintings and collages and photographs, which were again, surreal for me because I was an art student, like in undergrad. So like seeing this art being like this close to a Salvador Dali, like was like epic. So yeah, absolutely insane. Um, And I made some TikToks for them and I was actually just at their office last week. So anyway. Um, yeah, casual. I saw that little, yeah. like, I saw that little drop on your Instagram. Yeah. From that yeah. iconic window mirror. Absolutely. Yes, I agree. Totally out of control. So anyway, I'm with my friend. After it's all over, we go up north to my aunt and uncle's house because they have an amazing house and a guest house there. I was like, going to stay there for a couple of days. Thank you. And uh, super grateful for that. And my friend and I are like co-working at one of the Capital One cafes. I'm do they have those like around? I don't know. It's just like, oh, I know those. Yeah. Yeah. Capital One like has cafes and they're like partnered with coffee shops and you can like work in there. And there's also like a bank. Yeah. I don't know. Cool, free co-working space. Great internet. Great vibes. I love it. So we're there. We're like working and I'm like, shit, it's three o'clock. I have to go. And like, I let my friend was like, okay, I'm in meetings for a few hours. Like I'll see you later. I was like, cool. Meet me at the beach at sunset. And I like literally ran home, got like four or five different outfits, bikinis, a dress, and my camera gear, my Polaroids. I like set everything up on the beach. I just shoot the shots. Like I knew what I wanted in my head and I just set it up, shot it like on self timer or just press record, you know, go in front of the camera, crop it all later, whatever. That was early December. Then the pandemic uh, has that other variant Omicron. So the whole month of December, I'm like stuck inside. And the submission deadline was, I think, the end of January or early February. So I had my video editor like piece together. I'm like, here's the storyline. And initially I talked with my copywriter and I know I'm talking about like members of my team, uh, obviously, and they're amazing. So uh 
they, like we went back and forth and we were using kind of the formula of the Elwood's Harvard submissions tape from League yes. Blonde. And at first we made it about like pop culture. And I was like, that's just like, not really who I am. So let's make it like use the format, but make it completely GG. Like, I don't want people to really know that other than the formula, which is literally just hook, retain, repeat flip flame, flip frame, flip frame, flip frame, like that, say that five times fast. Um, <laughs> so basically then we did that. We talked to the editor, she got it all done. We had like one round of edits and I was like, okay, sick. It's ready to go. I submitted it on the last day. I wrote a LinkedIn post, which we can like go and get if you want. And basically like I tagged MJ, the editor in chief, and I tagged Sports Illustrated. And within 10 minutes, she reshared it to her network on LinkedIn and like commented and was like, this is exactly what we need. Like, I'm like blown away. And I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, I can't believe this just happened. Uh, And what does it mean? And basically then after that, you got a casting with where you're in a zoom room with like 25 other people and they do four of those. So about like a hundred people total got these interviews. And then it was like a waiting game. And I was like, what do I do? What is it going to happen? So I'm like in Miami again, I was in Miami and I got the call and I was like, I can't make this up that like the first time I talked about it, I was there at the land and the sea in Miami, like, which is a very grounding, intuitive place for people. Then I filmed my content there for my video. And then I got the call while I was there with my friend, like just so wild. And uh, they're like, hi, you're going to join us in the DR in 10 days. Right. And I was like, So then I ended up going and the rest is history. But yeah, thanks to LinkedIn and thanks to like whatever out there that like called me to do this. Like, I think it's just really cool. And again, like this year, they really did focus on empowering and inspiring different groups, uh, specifically within like, I think health and advocacy, which is really, really cool. And I get to be a part of that. And I'm really just, again, honored. And there are some other big things coming out that, uh, are going to be on the DL, but stay tuned is what I'll say. Stay tuned. <laughs> so yeah, that's a little bit of the story. Oh my gosh. I know it's wild, isn't it? That- I don't know what to do with you, Gigi. I have no idea what to do with you. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I don't like really realize that like I fully manifest that and people are like, how? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I write it down in journals And I like already have a mindset of like, it's already mine, but like not in like a needy way, more in like a, if I get, if I get this, then I can do this or it will enable me to do this. So if I get this opportunity to work with Sports Illustrated, I get to talk about chronic illness on a higher level and advocate for more people you know? So like, that was what I wanted. I didn't, it's not about me. It's about my community. And that's like probably the biggest buzzword we're hearing in 2022 is like community first things, work-based like communities, community influencers, like all of these things. And really it's just a shift in the way that I think we're thinking and we're valuing everyone's opinion in the room really to make a bigger impact. And if I could be like the spokesperson for that, then like, 
hell yeah. Also, there's like more that goes that's like deeper. If you want me to like go deeper with the story of like shooting and like overcoming roadblocks. But I don't know if there's other things you wanted to talk about that aren't related to SI. Well, I'm just curious Mm. because I think one of the things that you like, I think there's like this illusion to beauty and this Mm -hmm. sort of illusion to perfection, which you've talked about. Yeah. How do I word this? Like your, you've talked about this before of having issues that mental health issues, well, they're mental health issues, but they're still health issues. And there's something that people can't see. And I think what you're doing is you're sort of breaking down the boundary of the illusion of perfection. Yeah. Also, this is like kind of heavy what I'm trying to do here, but like, but while also like elevating this conversation about mental health and health, that's also like an illusion of what that is, because I feel like people don't know deep down, um, what people are going through mentally and they think if they can't see it, it doesn't exist or yeah. like that. If that makes yeah. Sense. I don't know. I'm trying to compare these two things and it's maybe not working. Well, it, it's really complicated and that's why, like, I would say, again, I'm 23. So take whatever I say with a grain of salt, but I've lived with a chronic illness for over 10 years. I mean, my whole life, but knowing for over 10 years, and I really spent a majority of my teenage years, I mean, from 11 when I was diagnosed to 21, when I had like the worst burnout of my life to like really convince myself that I had issues that weren't just like, even though they were invisible, I could pretend all I want, but it was just going to like harm me more. And I think that there's some value in that because some people have issues or they, you know, end up sleeping all day and they're like, I don't have any problems. And it's like, okay, well, obviously you needed rest for a reason, but also does it go deeper? Like, is there a depression involved? Is there anxiety around doing something involved? I mean, also like the more, you know, the better I think. And there's a lot of things coming out about how digital technology is affecting our mental health and way we do things back to that Ogilvy campaign that they're running right now, a pilot program of not working with people who filter their photos. Like in an ideal world, I see a place where there are labels on anything and everything that is filtered or retouched. And in turn, that's going to help people be more comfortable in their own skin. I I hate Instagram filters, like absolutely hate them. Um, And I'm talking about the ones that like alter your face or like give you like, you know, that no makeup makeup look where it shrinks your nose and makes your lips bigger and makes your eyes brighter and your brows fuller, you know, like that's not reality. There's something like that literally is pushing us into a world where like we're supposed to equate our beauty to something that is literally not feasible at all. And that like literally doesn't exist. So um, I also will say I spent, you know, my teenage years learning the art of photography, learning retouching, understanding it, understanding posing, understanding lighting. Those are all things that like quote unquote normal people don't understand. TikTok has brought some of that. Oh yeah. Use good light, like window light, right? Like wear bright colors or like, this is how, like, there's a lot of these, like, this is how you pose to look hot or like whatever, like, and a lot of people can obviously dive into that. Ooh, sorry. (laughs) 
Um, but a lot of times I think people don't realize like what goes into a marketing campaign and obviously you want everyone to look their best. So they're going to pose their best. I mean, there's a difference between being posed and not posed, not to say one's better than the next. I think people just need to take their own personal, um, self-worth out of, like you need to almost extricate it from the, the scope of the project you're looking at or the campaign or the digital asset and realize they probably posed, they're probably wearing makeup. They have used this kind of lighting to make their bodies look a certain way. And that has nothing to do with how I look right now, slumped over, you know, on my couch or in my bedroom. So that's definitely something I try to talk about and educate. And there is a big shift right now. Also, especially, um, I'm also like, a LinkedIn influencer. I love LinkedIn. And I would say there's a huge conversation right now about what's appropriate to talk about online and what's appropriate to talk about in the workplace. And again, that's where the example of talking about my Sports Illustrated submission, posting a photo of me in a bikini on a professional platform like LinkedIn is like, holy shit, why did this girl do this? That's like insane. If I did that, you know, it might hinder me from getting a job. But it's like, are you kidding me? Like every single person for the most part wears bathing suits at some point in their life. Exactly. If somebody's not going to hire you because you wore a bathing suit, like you don't want to be hired by that company. Like that's weird. (laughs) It's weird. And I think we have to like ask these questions um, of criticism of the, the things that we do and how we show up and what we look like and in the workplace and then how we're treated, right? If we're not talking about it and advocating for ourselves, we're going to keep seeing toxic work cultures. Why do you think so many people all of a sudden are like, oh, I want to leave my job because I hate how my boss treats me, right? Like that's, I think the farthest example, but like having the conversations internally is what is going to make the difference. And it does, it's a challenge. It's for sure a challenge. Oh my God, I agree hundred percent. Workplaces have turned into these little like tiny jails in a way for a lot of people. People yeah. like regulate like what they do, how they spend their time, how much time they spend in the bathroom, how much time they spend on their lunch breaks. So yeah, it, yeah, it's people are thing. actually fighting I mean, back now. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. And also I would say that there's, something. I literally just got this like super exciting email just now, um, that I can't wait to share as well with a nonprofit that is about mental health and chronic illness. So insane. But aside from that, like literally things just keep coming up. But my point here is that in the workplace, like people are leaving for a reason. I think we have to listen to the reasons why they left. And if they are ever going to come back, how can we facilitate conversations in a way that aren't going to just make them like sign up and leave away, like right away? Like there needs to be some retention there. And Mm -hmm. also if people do quit their jobs and they're looking for part-time things, or they're looking for ways to be a freelancer, we need to shift our mindset around that. We need to figure out how to get paid more because I'm telling you right now, I'm an influencer. I do all these big, crazy things, but I have an entry-level salary. Like that is like plain and simple. And I'm about pay transparency for a number of reasons, but it can be very challenging to be a freelancer, to be an influencer. And all these, Mm -hmm. oh, I think that we live in a time where people, because everyone thinks that you should be able to do a hundred different things and pay you very little. I think there's Mm -hmm. freelance gets taken. I think people like to take advantage and people don't want to pay people for the work that they should 
be properly paid to do. And I, yeah. I, I've noticed that a lot of just as a con as a creator, as a content creator, as someone who like went to film school has been in this in, in the entertainment industry for over 10 years. And it's like, suddenly everybody is in it, it makes movies and everybody can do this thing. And it's like, but there's actually like a craft that's involved in things that are involved and let's not undermine people that are actually good at that thing. And you should, you shouldn't just be like, Hey, I'm just going to throw you like a, a small amount to do a hundred things, which right. turn into actually a lot more. And not to mention, you've got like emails and we're like in this time where everybody needs to be accessible 24 seven. And it's like, yeah, like talk about mental health. I mean, I, Ryan and I, we both have anxiety. I think I'm not just us. I'm sure a lot of people, especially in the wake of the pandemic and more people working from home and more people working remotely, more awareness of the way the workplace is. So people do end up doing freelance work and things like that. It's, you know, it's, it's further highlighted all of these issues. I feel. Yeah. Definitely. And I think like, even like what is anxiety and how to combat it or like different ways, like everyone, I think also says like, oh, I have anxiety about blah, 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 but like they might not actually be clinically diagnosed. And I think doing things like that or saying like, oh, maybe I'm crazy or sorry, I'm just really slow or like out of it is a way to kind of like mislabel the actual problem because like when you when you make it so casual you kind of almost dismiss like the actual people with anxiety and like how they're dealing with life day to day and I think I don't have the answer to like how do we fix that but what we can do is yeah what you're doing as an example like anxiety exactly like I mean my anxiety is so bad that I've been like fainting and falling downstairs and ending up in the hospital, you know? So when you, anxiety's like that, you know, it's like debilitating and that's a mental health issue. And I think like that's again, and it's something that, yeah, can totally be misconstrued about, oh yeah, everybody has anxiety, you know? And it's like, but with what you're doing is you're taking say a sports illustrated like opportunity Mm -hmm. to say, okay, now I'm also going to give a voice to the to, to the unseen things that people don't know about and like give it some weight so that people kind of will lose whatever that maybe stereotype is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like the more conversations that we have, the more um, it will spark this like communication between people and like a collective belongingness to like knowing that you're not alone. And I think a lot of times the stigma around mental health has to do with the fact that you are alone. Um, in the words of Dear Evan Hansen, it's like, you are not alone a lot of the time. And like, even if you feel so alone, you really have people who deal with the same thing. They're just not vocal about it. So if we're able to confide in people better, and if we're able to break the stigma more, hopefully the conversations will get easier. And then therefore in the future will be better for people to collaborate and like, make a better future. So that's my goal, um, ultimately. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's going to be long. It's not like an overnight thing. And it's not like I'm ever going to stop doing this. I just think that the way that we speak about mental health now is almost like reassuring that everybody has something. And that's the, that was a key thing for me in starting chronic illness advocacy. Once I really started honing in on 
how many people actually have it. Like, I believe it's like something like 75% of people in the United States live with a chronic illness. And if the 25% that don't, like they know someone who does, right? So everyone knows what it is, but also because it's so wide, it's kind of challenging to pinpoint like exactly like, oh, what's like a valid chronic illness? Like that's fucking bullshit because it can literally be, it can be an eating disorder. It's mm-hmm. a chronic thing it's that's a, like yeah, very it's challenging. a spectrum almost. Yeah, it's it is a spectrum. Yeah. Um, also, like the fact that chronic illnesses are dynamic, right? Sometimes you'll be going super, super good with all of your like eating habits, and then maybe the next month you go into remission. That's dynamic. With me, my chronic pain, sometimes it's really good and I'm unaffected. Other times I have to cancel my meetings and do everything from my bed, right? Like and I can be traveling one moment and then I can be better than the next. And that's not even pure exhaustion. That is like my body telling me like, JJ, slow the fuck down. And, um, that happened to me two weeks ago. And of course I was like, haha, I'm going to go to the ER, get some fluids. And then I'm going to get on a plane in two days, which is like really stupid and bad. I should have probably canceled my trip as a whole, but I'm glad I didn't. It was exhausting. And, um, I will say like my medicine, has been something that I'm proud to talk about because it's really shaped my functionality in society, like a lot more. Like I have been able to do so much more because of my medicine and because it helps me do more because my body's not in this constant state of pain. And I think that's a beautiful thing um, about the stigma of medicine that a lot of people are talking about um, on like show your pill kind of thing. And like talking about like how, what you take helps you or enables you. And I think similarly to taking your medicine, I have like a ritual where I like light um, a candle and I like put some music on, not like a spiritual way, just like, you know, like I need to get my vibes going in a good way. Um, Mm -hmm. and I refill my pill case, right? Like that's something, and I time lapse it every time I do it. So like, that's just something little that I do. I'm probably going to start like a series about taking your medicine in the near future, because I think we need to see more of that. Like we just, we don't, um, at all. And I think talking about it's important. So yeah, I digress yet again, but can I ask you a quick question? Because I did see something recently about, about how, people in, in this now new age of, of talking about mental illness, illness mm-hmm. and making it have less of a stigma, yeah. there has become this, there's started to be this new group of people who are kind of abusing, like you were saying, like abusing mental illness terms and taking them on uh, as their own. So how do you, do you even have any opinions about this or how to, I don't know, avoid going down that, that little rabbit yeah. hole. I mean, I think that's definitely somewhat of a touchy subject because when somebody says something and maybe their delivery is wrong, that doesn't invalidate the fact that they might be struggling, you know? Exactly. So we have to be a little bit more respectful. Um, it can be hard because yes, like maybe we, some people older <laughs> older generations, boomers, my parents, um, kind of think that, you know, we're being sensitive, but I think it's having like a higher emotional intelligence for understanding the ways that different kinds of people think of different like groups, um, whether that is by like ethnicity, by race, by culture, by religion, you know, whatever you might relate to. I think people are becoming more and more aware of how people within their community think. And then 
honoring and being an ally to other communities and understanding that like maybe somebody growing up in the middle of Idaho is going to have a different experience with mental health than somebody growing up in New York City because I had access to what New York's New York Presbyterian, NYU, Columbia, Mount Sinai, uh, Beth Israel, the list goes on of all of these top hospitals where I could get that access. But then somebody in Idaho might just have a clinic, you know, the one clinic in the whole fucking state or have to drive two hours. Right. So even talking about that and honoring like the way that everybody's experience is different is like so important, I think. And mm-hmm. I also think that people just need to continue to educate themselves more. And there's no guidebook. I mean, you don't get a guidebook when you sign up uh, to people who have these platforms to talk about mental health and whatnot are really able to kind of take a step back and like just be like, okay, like how can I maybe interview a doctor or a psychologist and how Mm -hmm. can we not give medical advice, but more like comfort from a medical perspective. Um, and that's what I try to facilitate with the two doctors that I've had on my personal show. Um, and yeah, I just think it's, it's going to be a learning curve and we just have to like be mindful that things are changing and, uh, just think about our words when we use them and our actions and we can't help everybody and we can't be there for everybody. But what we can do is be there for the people that resonate with us and that confide and trust us. So yeah, that's that. Okay. There's one thing I really wanted to talk to you about, and I don't mean to take Shoot for it pivot here, but pivot. we love it. Okay. So word of the year, 2020 pivot, I know. Let's bring it back. <laughs> Let's bring it back. Okay, thank you. Um, so there was something that you posted on your Instagram. Like I think this was a couple of weeks ago. And it was okay, so everybody was sort of making fun of Julia Fox because oh, yeah. um, she was saying she cut gems. gems and then and now <laughs> even more recently like she was at the oscars vanity fair party or whatever right dressed in this interesting dress and she's like i have a book it's a memoir and then that became a whole other tiktok slash instagram like meme and then so anyway so you sort of shed some light on the julia fox thing initially um sort of I guess it was like ask not asking for compassion for her, but sort of, I don't remember verbatim what you said, but I thought it was a really interesting topic because I'm like, you know, people are taking these little sound bites to the internet and ripping people to shreds. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm innocent in all of this where I'm like, like not... <laughs> saying I can't I'm like no I was part of the problem probably um but then I saw what you did and I was like that's very interesting so I was wondering if you could kind of touch on this in mm-hmm. the landscape and your opinions on this and sort of what caused you to write that and sorry that I don't have the exact words that you said no that's so fine I know what you're referencing so it's totally fine um yeah there is an interesting perspective that I always think about when somebody, uh, I guess when, when any kind of trend is going on, that's based on the way someone says something, um, in terms of their accent or speech impediment or lack thereof. And I mean, it, it was an interesting moment because the team, uh, at Spotify that posted it 
knew that people were going to go crazy for this in this interview. They knew like they planned this. Like it was like they, they literally planned that that was the original soundbite coming from there. And they, I just don't know if they expect it to pop off like that. Um, you know, again, within the disability landscape, it's never okay to make fun of how somebody says something. And I'm not saying that she was disabled. Like she literally admitted to being high, like on, when, while she's talking about this. And I think that I'm not trying to, again, gain compassion for her specifically in her case. I'm just saying in general, I don't think that it's really okay for people to mock or mimic uh, or exaggerate the way someone says something like maybe she did have a speech impediment, right? Like maybe she wasn't high. Like, I don't actually know the true story. I don't think it makes it right for the rest of the internet to be like, and like make it into like a whole thing and then like make it into how they're saying it and like over-exaggerate like facial expressions that like a lot of times disabled people who have speech problems like naturally like look like that when they say things. So like, how does that make that community feel? Um, I, you know, I I was reading through also some comments because also the people from the disabled community are like, why are you advocating for like a person who's not disabled? And I was like, no, it's like a greater picture thing in general where, you know, you wouldn't want to make fun of the way that anybody says anything ever or the way that somebody does anything ever. Right. So that was my perspective and my hot take on it. Um, and I just don't think it's right to do that. I don't really think people were even making fun of her because it was this like cultural meme that was going around that was pushed out by Spotify. And she even like admitted, like, I think on the call her daddy interview, she was like, ha LOL. Like I was high. And I think that you have to like take things with a grain of salt. And I was just sharing a perspective. Like I wasn't so heated about it. I just, from my lens of doing advocacy on the way to like stop people mocking disabled people, I thought that this was a moment where so many people quickly jumped on making fun of the way she said something that like, imagine they did that because of the way a disabled person did something and a trend blew up over that. Like it just didn't sit right with me. Um, Not saying anyone did anything wrong. I just like, don't really like, like that trend. Um, I'm curious because we're millennials and yeah, learning the TikToks, learning all of the ways to be, I'm curious what your advice would be. I mean, within maybe social media or just like outside of social media, but do you have any Gen Z advice for millennials? Yeah. I mean, I think there's, I have this conversation a lot because I think when people talk about the great resignation, they're literally talking to Gen Z's and millennials. And I really don't think there's that great of a divide. Like millennials are called too sensitive. Also millennials are called dramatic millennials are called lazy, right? Like it's like the same stuff that's, that's happening. true. And I think that it's honestly because we push back harder than any other generation has in the past. And I think we're better together, stronger together, like be more embracing of us. Like you, we need you to like guide us a little and help us grow up a little and give us that like wisdom that like we're, we're still kids for the most part. Like I'm 23 years old. Like most Gen Zers are what? Like 
16 to 23, like they're, we're babies compared yeah. to in reality. So like, I think, you know, a lot of times, like, it's just important to like, just like wait and like embrace things differently and like embrace us, like help us like be like, can I just impart some wisdom on you? Like when I was at this grad school seminar last week, um, or design sprint, I should say, I was the youngest person in the room and some, most of the other people are millennials and, you know, they're like, Gigi, can I just impart some wisdom on you? Can I just share my millennialness with you? And I was like, sure. Like, why not? And it's really cool because I also feel like you guys are like my friends. Like, I don't feel like I'm sitting in a room where I'm like being asked questions by like people that are like, so why do you do this? as a <laughs> Like, I feel like it's more of a conversation where it's like, oh yeah, like what is your perspective and like, how can we open our mindset? So I also think Gen Zers are definitely very opinionated, but also open to more conversation than any other generation and open to hearing all kinds of perspectives and being challenged and learning. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. I love this. I love it. You, I love it. You want to bring us together. I always felt such distance from Gen Z, but now like you're inviting us in, let's unite. We're stronger together. Like you said. Yeah. Some of my besties, like from Sports Illustrated, again, I was the youngest person there. Most people were like 25. So like millennial um, ages to like, I think 32 ish. So like everyone was like older again, I was the youngest person, but like it didn't change. Like it was about our experience together there. Um, And I think that that's another thing moving out of the pandemic that we can all relate to is like, what was your experience from the pandemic? And then what are we doing that's bringing us together like in the real world? So like, are we meeting at a conference, at a panel? Are we just grabbing coffee? You know, like all of these kinds of things are really fun to do and to like meet people in person and just like have again, those shared like intersectionalities of our identities, like overlap and be talking points and points for growth rather than points where like, it like pushes us further away. Well, but before you go, we have, there's like two guest questions too. Oh, Ooh. sorry. Sorry. Sure. There's, like a couple, there's a couple questions. So okay. someone wants to know who is your favorite artist, whether it's a painting, a painter, a sculptor or a musician, et cetera. Oh, I like this question for you. Yeah. I love this question for me. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Rolling Stones, specifically Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. I fucking love them. You know, Um, they say that Mick Jagger got his whole look from Tina Turner, right? Like he like- That's hilarious. He's really funny. I love, I love that. Um, Right? Yeah. He's like, I I just like, I think it's like a childhood thing that like I grew up listening to them because my dad's like a you know, like went to their shows as like a kid or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, um, but I also just like love their story and like, obviously they're like absolute nut jobs, like (laughs) on tour and everything. And I also will say like, you know, Annie Leibovitz, like she's also a photographer that did a lot of their tour photography early on. So she's also um, an inspiration to me. Yeah, Those are great. Um, someone wants to know, do you ever unplug from social media from your mental health? Um, as honestly, like, no. And (laughs) part of the reason is part of your job, job. right? Yeah. It's my job. And like, I'm honestly not like a chronic scroller. Like I don't go on TikTok to scroll. I go on TikTok to like 
research a topic before making a video or, and see what else is out there. And then I post and then I close the app. Like I'm not like interested in really engaging on the apps. The only app where I'll really scroll is LinkedIn, but it's again for research purposes before I like write something usually. Um, same with Instagram. Like I'm, I just like, it's like a waste of time and I have too much to get done to like do that. And I think that's also something that I teach is like how to detach yourself from social media But Mm -hmm. again, like it's taken me years to do. I've been doing this for years and I care more about like the community aspect and like engaging with the people that are commenting than I do about scrolling for entertainment. Like my entertainment is listening to podcasts or going to an event in person or winding down and watching like Netflix. But like, I don't know, I took a break from posting while I was at my grad school seminar. Um, design sprint. I don't know why I keep saying seminar. It was just design sprint fully. And I think that like, it was more stressing me out because like for me to engage with my community, like they're going to be like, where the fuck are you? Like we're used to seeing you all the time. So mm-hmm. I think that's just going to be a learning curve over the years that I'm just going to have to figure out. So no, no biggie, but yeah. When is, okay. This, uh, sports illustrated, is this something that you're going to like find out about? Is it like something that's going to. Yeah. So, um, basically sports illustrated launch week comes out. So swim week photo or swim, oh God, sports illustrated swim search finalist photos, I believe are going to be in the 2022 magazine and that will come out sometime in May. So the next month, um, and then there is Miami swim week, which, we get notified if we're chosen for sometime in June. And I'm actually getting a laparoscopy to see if I have endometriosis in June. So if I get chosen, I will be walking with scars, which will be kind of cool and um, hopefully show representation that you don't have to be scared about showing your scars in your body. So I'm super excited if I do get chosen for that. And then August 1st supposedly is the day that we find out if we are rookie or not. And um, that's all I know about that. Fingers crossed for you, girl. Um, I am hoping that that happens. Uh, Not even again for like the status or like the clout of like being in the modeling industry. And I can also, I just want to say like empathize with models who have tried for years that like that's their sole purpose in life is to like get that status of being a rookie for SI. And like, I, I just like want to honor that, but also I think it's cool that SI is moving in a direction where they can shoot like quote unquote normal people with normal bodies and, um, or regular bodies that aren't that model stereotype and just like empower people with a lot of different communities. So if I can be that face, I am honored to do that. And that's really like my prerogative with wanting to win it. And I also just like to win things. Fact, I'm very competitive. A little healthy competition never did anyone any wrong. Just thank you so much, Gigi. We hope you come back. I'm, we're really hoping that you get this, this sport or excuse me, SI rookie. Yeah. I feel like this is coming for you. So you and me both, you and me both. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I will keep you posted. And yeah, you let me know um, and I can make time for you guys. So thank you.